Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com and fansided.com, where we discuss all things Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We'll talk about news, rumors, and game recaps. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started with the team, this is the podcast for you. Here's your host, Craig Borden, with co-hosts Jason Lyons and me, Ken Alfred. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast. Good evening, Blue Jays fans. I, as much as I wanted to start this off with a gloom and doom and a whole giant pit of despair that has been the last week in Toronto Blue Jays baseball, I cannot do it. I'm just utterly positive and can't just do it. It's, this doesn't happen. <laughs> so as far as that goes, I am your host, Craig Borden, here on Jaybird Watching. I am here with my co-hosts, Ken Alfred and Jason Lyons. Fellas, how are we doing this evening? Doing good. Doing good. I mean, I had a headache earlier today and Maybe the what I need to do with look yesterday's score just to make my headache go away. <laughs> that did probably was a nice pill to swallow at that point to make sure that that headache went goodbye. So twenty Jason, pills. There you go. If, if if yesterday didn't happen, I had a great joke to start. I was going to say knock knock. Who's there? Who's there? Oh, Who's there? No one. No one. Oh, and five. No. So. <laughs> so. As as like, the guy that's wearing all the Joe Boo gear that's trying to wake up the bats. So just saying. <laughs> so obviously there is a fourth square with us this evening. We have Charles Keim of Jay's Journal with us this evening. Charles, how are we doing? Hey, thanks for having me. This is great. So as this is your first time on the show, I'm going to give you a little bit of your shameless self-promoting. Give, give the Blue Jays fans a little bit about uh, yourself as far as uh, your Jay's Journal fan or and, uh, Blue Jay fandom. Yeah, no, I, I grew up in London, Ontario, halfway between Toronto and Detroit. Um, so my dad and my grandfather were Tigers fans. There were no Blue Jays when they grew up. So my first ever game was at the old Tiger Stadium in that right field porch. And uh, I've been a baseball fan ever since. Um, London has a bar called Joe Cools, where half the bar is Detroit fans, half the bar is Jays fans. So I was always a little bit confused, but um, I'd pretty much been a Jays fan from the beginning. So. Well, that and the fact that you're even more confused because you're in New York, not too far from me, and we should be having these beers in person. <laughs> That's right. So. Broadcasting live from a, a rest stop near Syracuse. Yeah, You found a really pretty corner in a random rest stop. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> they, they've, uh, they've fixed them up. I don't know if you've been on, on uh, 90 recently, but they have Shake Shacks and Chick-fil-A's, and uh, they're bright and airy, and uh, the Wi-Fi works well. So. Yeah. They're not all McDonald's anymore, and no, no, it's way, it's way better, way, yeah. way better. So had to had to start somewhere, but they've been very consistently doing that. Excuse me, funny enough, since COVID, <laughs> when nobody was really going for. So, but yep, it's very good. So we're obviously very happy to have you this this evening, and we'll tra- talk plenty of Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We are going to dive right into it as far as the abysmal part that I alluded to in my prelude here. Um, the Blue Jays went 0 and 5 over the last, you know, week, except the one win that they've gotten last night. And it's been a rough week in Toronto's Blue Jays baseball. Blue Jays Twitter has been literally like eating their own 
hurts and throwing up, whatever you want to put it, insert GIF here. (laughs) Um, Charlie, how are you feeling after the last week? And like I said, ignore the game yesterday because that's going to be a whole specific talk. So I I was looking at, uh, they were really struggling with runners in scoring position. But if you look at the stats, um, they actually lead the league in at-bats with runners in scoring position. Um, And so they're getting their chances. I mean, the problem is they're not dashing them in. Uh, Again, last night was a different story, obviously. But um, uh, I think the statistic was they're leaving more runners in scoring position per game on average on base. And um, that leads the league. Um, So they're getting people on base. They're doing what they need to do, but they got to cash them in. Correct. And I, I think that's been that's been a struggle. Um, the other the other point a lot of people are missing is that the bullpen had sprung a few leaks recently, and, and I think that's maybe due to a little bit of overuse. Um, Swanson he's up there with league leaders in games appearances and innings pitch, um, and you know he'd given up a bunch of runs in his last tier three innings. Um, Romano, you know, he given up about three runs in his last six innings. So it's nice to have Adam Simber back, for example. I mean, I, I wasn't um, thrilled when I saw Thomas Hatch pitching, even though he had three strikeouts. But um, uh, that was, and, and Mitch White's gone in the 60-day uh, IL. So, you know, it's Nate Pearson's been been great. Um, I don't know, Simber's back. Um, I guess Pop, I'm not sure what the update is on Pop, but um, it would be nice to have him back too. I haven't heard of update on pop in a bit actually you know we got we've had better updates on Hyunjin ryu and chad green over the last mm-hmm. week than we have on uh zach pop but yeah. and those will be great ads when they when they are able to come back i mean it sounds like they're um, talking june july it's it's sort of like adding two great pitchers at the trade deadline when they do arrive which is going to be much needed um the depth at triple a and even double a i mean um I was looking through the names, and Paul Fry is kind of the guy right now at, at Buffalo. Yasser Zuleta is walking a lot of people. Um, and, and that's not spelling bullpen relief right now. No. And then um, at AA, you've got Quaffenstein, which is, um, you know, that's a blast from the past. He's only 22, but still. Seems like he's been in the Blue Jays organization for a decade at this point. <laughs> right. And he's been pitching great. And um, and then Ricky um, has got some left left biceps um, tenderness and um, I mean it sounds like he's he's progressing but um there's just not a lot of MLB ready major league ready depth um, down on the farm right now so so it'll be yes, great I, to have Rio and and Breed yeah. anyway those, that's my two cents yeah so just wanted to like how often should like the bullpen be actually engaged right because I think uh, Charlie mentioned that the bullpen's either working too much like uh, typically how much should they go you're hoping for three innings every game, right? Yeah. But the problem is the Blue Jays have also played a lot of extra innings games lately. Jason, go ahead. That's what I was going to say. Like, I think one of the things that that I've noticed certainly is that the Jays have at the very least been getting the games to extras uh, or failing to hold the lead in going to extras. Um, you know, and I think that even though it was looking fairly gloomy after, after the last loss, you know, again, I think I've, I've rang this bell all year long. You don't really feel like they're out of a game. If their pitching's off, their hitting's on. If they're they're both off, then their base running is their baseball IQ is off. And it's it's one of those things where this team just seems like it's got every single good thing going for it, whether they win or lose. And I'm gonna stick by my guns and I'm gonna say, come the dog days of summer, 
we're going to be creaming teams. We're going to be running 10, 12, you know, 13 game winning streaks, stuff like that, where they'll just be uncatchable because they have the, 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 the only thing they're missing is that, that sort of long middle relief when they need it. And, um, you know, it's not, it's so hard to find that like you can't just, you can't just reach around the MLB and so we're like, oh, they have great, they have great. No one does. It's a very tough slot to fill. And, you know, sort of to your point, Ken, um, you know, it's so hard to mitigate, you know, like, like even if we, I know we're waiting to talk about last night, but you look at the, the pitchers they started, they started bringing out last night. Those guys don't want to go, don't go, they don't want to go out when it, and bisque. They've got to go out and try and do a job and at least hang through an inning. Um, but I think Charlie's dead on. I mean, the Jays have been putting their relievers into bad situations or creating bad situations while they're in there. And then they've got to empty the tank and they don't get another day off. They're, they're asked to come back out the next day. And I mean, you know, with four of us realizing a lot of people do that these guys are getting paid millions of dollars to work for an hour a day sometimes, but that's a tough hour sometimes. And mentally it can be pretty taxing when you feel like you're throwing good pitches or not getting calls or you just get bashed around. So, I mean, I felt like it was a decently positive week, even though they had yeah. the losses. Uh, and in the midst of that, you mentioned some people that might be feeling like they've been having some long innings or putting in too much time on the clock lately. I only look at Jimmy Garcia. Yeah. Oh, he's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Let's just, let's just cut the side on that. He's awful. He, he is, but <laughs> he's throwing the ball terribly right now. Hey, there's something interesting about him. Um, his contact structured so that if he makes a certain number of appearances over two years, his contract guarantees at six million dollars next year. Oh yeah. God! And he's only about, um, I want to say, like twenty-five or thirty appearances or innings away from guaranteeing that contract next year. Woof. Um, I don't know. The Jays are going to have to make a decision there, or but the problem is, who do they replace him with? I right now, I'm afraid to put him in leverage, and that's why you've been seeing, I think, Eric Swanson eating up those innings a lot more lately, and then why you're seeing four out in it, or four out outings from Jared Romano. It's a trickle down effect. You had somebody that has been locked down, and I honestly, from watching Jimmy Garcia over the last couple of years, I'm shocked in the midst of this whole thing that his numbers actually fall where they've been over the last few years. Because um, I made this comparison before, but this is for your benefit, Charles. Um, he's Jason Frazier. He always finds a way to get into trouble, but usually he squeaks out of it. Lately, that part hasn't been happening, and that's why you're seeing a 5 six something ERA at this point and not getting those leverages to close out a game or whatever it was that we were just alluding to to hand the ball to the next person. And I think that's where they've been suffering. And I think the bullpen is a big part of what's going on lately. But there's been enough reasons to, like you said, overwork them. Of course, they're going to be a little faltering. He was uh, a Mattingly closer in Miami a few years back. He had 18 or 19 saves from Mattingly. I didn't even realize that. But but now that you say that, I'm totally light bulbing. We have a, what's with the embarrassment of Marlon's riches that we have in our bullpen? (laughs) (laughs) So. Got Miami vibes. Um, but to that point, I think that's the obvious room for improvement when we were talking uh, to one of your articles recently about the Blue Jays schedule and where they're going forward. You look to eventually the trade deadline and what would be the biggest adder for this team at this point. And I think it would be bullpen depth. 
and you're going to get a couple pieces to some of the guys we mentioned a few minutes ago with Chad Green and Yunjin Ryu possibly getting healthy. I saw them throwing some baseballs yesterday in the pregame show. It was very interesting. Kind of surprised, especially on the Ryu part. But to that point, I really think that that's where, if you're looking for a glaring hole at the moment, it's really solidifying that bullpen and just getting better arms. Because to that point, our guy last year that we acquired, Anthony Bass, has also been sticking in it. (laughs) So it's been rough to watch that bullpen and door open so far this year, regardless of Romano even coming those are two pretty good additions, though. If you get Rio and Green and they're oh, healthy yeah. or, or they oh. can contribute, um, yeah. that's, I mean, that's better than a lot of what's available. On. And you've got to start to look around. I mean, there's there's a few teams that are, uh, you know, have been very, very, very successful and they almost have too many relief. Atlanta has a, has a bounty of relief pitchers that, you know, as things start to get, they're missing a few, you know, position players you know, just having hit in the trades they've made and stuff like that. So, I mean, you may be able to, to snipe, you know, like, a, a, I mean, you're certainly not going to get like... You say Jesse Chavez, I'm going to... Well, no, you can get like, you can maybe <laughs> start to look at, a, at, a, at an Iglesias or, or, you know, like one of those guys that's just dealing for them right now. And, you know, depending on where they're at in the season, I mean, that might be a good spot for a Biggio or something like that to be able to make a trade or even if they need somebody in the outfield, you know, at least you've got some utility that you can start throwing around to maybe try and snatch one of those guys and and build up that sort of middle relief, take the weight off for Mano because they can't keep coasting on him. He he's yeah. not built to do this. He's not built to throw yeah. three four. Um, yeah. You got to keep him to one, maybe one and a half. But uh, um, you know, so I threw out a name in my uh, article recently on pitching deck. Liam Hendricks. Yeah, he was the next one I was going to mention. Love Liam so, Hendricks. Yeah, yeah, amazing story in terms of his recovery from uh, non-Hodgson's lymphoma. Yeah. Um, he's a former Jay, pitched for the Jays back in 2015. Um, I think his wife's from Toronto. It was something along those lines. Yeah. But but I think he's in, he's in the last year of his deal in Chicago. I mean, they're they're not going anywhere, it looks like. Um, I think they're pretty much out of it already, um, which is... You know, um, you, you wonder, like, uh, do they want the feel-good story for their marketing purposes, or would they be open to um, to moving him? I mean, that would that would really solidify the Jays' bullpen. Yeah, especially when you think of, especially think of who it would take to get Liam Hendricks, regardless of the fact that he literally just rang the bell and walked out of the hospital, a uh, you know, medically cleared and all good, fun story stuff out of his his uh, recovery, but. Um, it's you're still going to have to give up a Zulouette, a, a Biggio, somebody that's either dancing on the line of being in the majors or already in the majors, regardless of rental level of stuff at this. I mean, if you can get somebody like Hader and you're at least pulling huge contract money from, you know, from that deal and that alleviates yeah. the pressure there and you may be able to get away with you know, really giving up nothing, just paying the Padres, you know, to take Hader away. But I mean... He's the guy that, that put into the right situation. I mean, he throws dimes, and I'd be super happy to see him come over. But again, I think the price tag is massive, and you have to you have to be aware of, of doing that. And I don't know what I don't know what his contract length is or anything like that because I don't think we're here. It was pretty extensive when the Brewers before the Brewers traded him. Was that was actually the reason they traded him? It wasn't because they didn't want to keep him. It was salary dump, and they had Devin Williams. So. Just- it was Devin Williams. 
There's a couple more guys on Kansas City, like Scott Barlow. I know his name came up last year. Um, he's 30. I think he's a free agent in 2025. Um, so he'd have another year on his deal, which Atkins has been very keen to acquire these guys that sort of have more than a rental um, deal. Um, so he kind of stuck out to me a little bit. Um, there's Geraldus yeah. uh, Chapman is in Kansas City, but he's just on a one-year deal. He's 35. I mean, I don't know if there's any puffs left in that cigar, but um, there seems to be plenty going on right now. He's, yeah. I don't know what I don't know what bout of youth that man has found, but he's looking like he's re- rediscovered it. And there's some interesting stuff that we talked about a couple of weeks on that one. Charlie was uh, um, he was not the only recent Yankee bullpen arm that came out and said this, but there's some things that the metrics for the Yankees are saying throw more curveballs. That's what he's not doing this year. And guess what? He's throwing the ball across the damn plate. So it's amazing what and- maybe just a change of scenery will do and. I wouldn't have the worst thing in the world of taking a rental and a flyer to throw somebody like Chapman as a lefty flamethrower into the back end of our bullpen. I give you a con- confirm or deny if his character fits you know, in with his team, but that's a whole other piece to it. <laughs> what do you guys think about a big guy like Nate or uh, Chapman coming out of the bullpen throwing 98, 99, 100 compared to, you know, a Trevor Richards who's throwing 94 and has a changeup? Like to me, Ninth inning, big game, high leverage. Like when the when the gate opens, if Romano's not available, um, one of those guys walks out. I feel better personally. I, yeah. How do you guys feel about that? As much as I love Mark Burley over the years, I would still rather watch Nolan Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Nolan Ryan, <laughs> and that's not just because Nolan Ryan beats up Robin Ventura on occasion. Um, but um, I. I agree with you, Charlie, that I would rather much watch Chapman or, uh, you know, Pearson, who is actually starting to get some leverage opportunities, would be very interesting. Yeah. So, Ken, Jason, what are you thinking on that? Go ahead, Jenny. Fire away. <laughs> Sorry, repeat the question one more time for Greg. Basically, smoke or fluff? <laughs> Sorry? Smoke or fluff? Smoke or fluff? <laughs> At this point, I think I might just go for the smoke. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not just saying that as a wrestling fan. You want the smoke. <laughs> yes, I want the smoke. You always want the smoke. <laughs> so, yes. but to that point, yeah. Miss Bats. That's the name of the game. Yes, that yes, game. yes. Yeah. Because I don't know if we need a lot of finesse right now. And I think we just need to get past, you know, the dangerous barriers to lead up to set for the, uh, you know, for closer for Romano in the ninth kind of thing, right? So, you know, we'll ha- the quickest way to get rid of those bats, I don't know if it's a finesse thing at this point where you want to try to throw like, you know, off speeds and change ups and sliders and stuff like that. We just need to just blow past these guys, right? Blow past any of those players. And I think that's what you've seen with Swanson coming in and doing what he's been doing. And then obviously yeah. he's been a great compliment for Romano. But to that point, we mentioned why some of that's faltering currently, which I don't see that being a problem. His stuff is slightly ridiculous, <laughs> especially now that he's figured out those couple of pitches to go with his fastball. So yes. I'm with Kenny. Smoke. smoke all the way. I am smoke on the water. Um, you know, I, I, there's, there's nothing quite like, I mean, we were, um, my sons and I are just sort of looking at some of the most devastating relievers in history and none of those guys, you know, dilly dallied out to the mound and, and, and through 78 miles an hour, each one of them had blood in their, their mouth and wanted to throw it 109 through the path to the catcher's head. So, I mean, it's, you know, there's something about, you know, and if you guys ever get a chance, if you haven't seen the documentary fastball. It's, oh, that's good. I mean, it is so yeah. good. Like, 
Just only it's only Eclipse was the actual one on Knuckleball. Yeah, Knuckleball. <laughs> um, Battered Bastards of Baseball is also another one. If you haven't seen it, yeah. it's it's a really awesome story. But back but, to fastball. I am. I think that what you're starting to see now in the majors. I mean, Chapman coming back, and there's a few other guys that really just. I mean, they're just throwing missiles. It's so much more fun to watch. Now, I will say this: that guy from the Orioles, I can't remember his name. His name escaped me. Who I don't think he throws he's over eighty, and he oh. got he, he struck out like eighty guys, and you're like, come on, like how is this happening? Like you know it's coming. Oh, he's throwing. It. Who was it that Vladdy uh, struck out and teed up last night? No, no, no. This was a against Baltimore. Pitching. He's like, I'm, actual, just, I'm, I'm just saying, as far as laying one in there. Well, it's classic. Like my kids play little league. You know that when they go up against kids that are throwing, you know, low sixties, they they have a better batting average than they do when the kids throwing forty mile an hour junk balls because you can't square them up. And, and no matter yeah. how big, how strong, how good of a hitter you are, you, you yeah. cannot square them up. And if they can throw them for strikes, they're going to take you down. It sucks to watch you watch these kids, big kids fly out or hit them, you know, hundred miles up in the air, and the shortstop catches them, and you just. How can you guys not square this up? I played softball. I can hit that ball over a 400 foot fence without trying. Figure it out. I... Um, so, uh, wh- one other thing about uh, excuse me, Chapman is contract's only 3.5 million or 3.75 million. It's not big. And uh, that's another thing I've, that's another thing I've been considering at, at trade deadline time. We're, get, we're getting closer to that. Uh, the Jays, really, their, their luxury tech payroll is about. 256 million. So they've already, already triggered a 20, 20% tax. And then there's a 12% surcharge when you're above 253 million. So uh, depending on what Rogers is willing to pay, I think that right now the, the estimated luxury tax is about 5 million bucks um, on yeah. what they, they've got. Um, but you could maybe get away with that in the aggregate, though, depending on who you send yeah. back the other direction. So yeah. that could be. Right. That's that three point five million dollars when you're talking about a major league baseball. That's not too bad, especially when you no. look at what Chapman's doing right now. Is uh, I just happened to because I knew he was doing well, but I'm honestly even more intrigued now that we're talking about it. He's last year he only threw thirty six innings, and it was pretty damn abysmal. Um, <laughs> this year he's halfway there, by the way, and he's not even in the ballpark as far as what he was doing you know so he had a uh 4.57 fit last year he's got a 1.19 this year and that's the blower the better and he's touched 100 he's touched 102 a bunch of times and uh, which he wasn't doing even the last four right. years he wasn't even in coming the, close he was in the high 90s so correct so a 2.89 era versus a 4.46 era last year and i wanted to say his strikeouts were pretty much matching the innings pitched so, oh, no, not even close. He's doubling it up. He's got 31 strikeouts in 18 innings. <laughs> so, that's really good. I, I, that is vintage and draws chat. So, I, I would take a flyer on that for the rest of the year. Yeah. He's, he's Paul's Ricky Bobby. First or last. <laughs> so, but that's a nice pairing also being a lefty. Yes. It is a bit of a smoke show, too. It's four seam fastball, 99.5 miles per hour average. Um, and then he mixes that with a slider at 88. I mean, that's similar to Nate, but it's from the left side, right? Correct. And that's exactly that it. Would look, that would look pretty awesome. I mean, it's the rental. I mean, they're, they're all in right now, aren't they? As I say, I want to win, damn it. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Good deal. So, all right. Click, click. Cheers, cheers. Bang the gavel, whatever you want to say. Andros, chat. Yeah, we could talk about yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Let's, it's like you wanted segue points. You just wanted to be that kid in the room going, why can't we talk about the gift? There's a gift. There's a present. It's right there. Right there. Right there. All right, Jason. You, you know everything. Take the hosting duties and tell me what happened yesterday. Well, okay. So I, I watched the majority of the start of the game and I was, you know, I was, I was finishing my work. I was getting ready to get the ball. I was doing my lineups and stuff and everything. So there's a lot going on, but I, I have a big enough TV that I can keep all these things in perspective. So I'm watching and I think that it's, it's, I think it was, it was two nothing for the Jays when we left the house. And again, they were in command. Either they were getting solid pitching. The, the defense looked great. The, the Rays looked awful. They were, couldn't make anything work. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the Springer, Pachette, Jansen show just start and, I mean, not to discount Merrifield or or Varshow or anybody, but holy man, George Springer looked like a different human being. Like, I mean, smashing the ball, stealing bases. He made that catch that, I, I mean, I don't think a month ago he makes that catch unless he flat out lays out, and then he probably isn't going to make it. But he got there running. Um, you know, Blarty looked good. Uh, Bichette is a man possessed right now. The worse the pitching, the more he feasts, and and that, you know back to what we were talking about. But even even when he's he's getting he's down in the count, he's he's fouled off a few. You can almost take the, the prop bet that he's going to hit a ball to Oppel and get to get to first base. I mean, I don't know if I've ever witnessed a player who's better at barreling up a ball to Oppel when with a garbage pitch thrown at him and. Knowing he's going to do it, he looks so confident when he's doing it. He's getting yeah, thrown out there. I I need to get to first base. Just give me a second here and throw me a garbo out to the side. I'll smash it over there. But I mean, it was total domination. And it, you know, I know that you know I was going to do pranking news. Anyone wants to know uh, that the Jays are losing three buns right now. Um, so I mean, you can see that momentum very rarely carries over in baseball, apparently. But you know, I think that the big takeaways there um, were when they put in the position player, and I feel bad for not remembering who it was because um, I had gone to the game and come back. Um, but they just put it down on him. Like normally when you see a position player come in, they're, they're at least nice to him. They're like, oh, all right, buddy, we know you're in there. And he's throwing, you know, 78 mile an hour meatballs, EFAS pitches right down Main Street. The Jays did not let out. They wouldn't pull this. Yeah. They needed it. Unfortunately, that was, you know what? Was this, this is dipping yourself in rejuvenating waters level. More power to him. You know, just smash away, boys. Got a little kid coming in to throw pitches, smash away. Well, the funny thing about it, like when I looked at the score, I had to do a double take. I was like, what? 20 to what? I was like, I, I, we won? Oh, interesting stat. I just noticed this before we, uh, we went up on the show today. The uh, up to that game, the total pitching staff for the, the Rays, their ERA was 19. Last night, their ERA was 19. They doubled their ERA in one night. It was, and wow. they set a record, didn't they, Craig? You were saying it was MLB record? That is a Major League Baseball record for the most runs by an opposing team at the Trop last night. And it was, nice, what so. was the other one? I think they set a record for the highest batting average by any team in a game. They were 501 or something like that. Yeah, so like 27 out of 52. 
whatever the math, whatever the math is. Yeah. Yeah. 27. Everyone on the team, got, everyone in the lineup got a hit. Yep. Even, even pinch hitters. Even the ball, even the ball boy got a hit. For the <laughs> yeah. Players, right? Actually, I think John Mattingly went over there and slapped Orton into the gap and yeah. broke his neck because <laughs> he was running down the one. <laughs> they, decided they, were, they were nine for 14 with runners in scoring position. How about that? Hey, you know, yes. what happens? And that was including a bases loaded our home run uh, from Vladdy with the Ananifas pitch, right? <laughs> What's the Thompson hit? That only counts yeah. once, though. So I, that, that's well, all the you, running. You guys remember what it was? Was it 458? Yeah, something Exit like Bielo, that. Like, run? Exit Bielo 110. Is, yeah, ball's coming in at 78 and he hits it 110. That's not physics. That doesn't happen. There's a reason that his bat sounds different, guys. You know, it's just how it's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. So Anyways. I have another stupid trivia point for you. Hit me. So the Blue Jays actually were either the second or the third team on that same record list. Obviously, a lot of that's because the Blue Jays play the Tampa Bay Rays all the time. Does anybody want to take a wild guess who might have been managing that Blue Jays team that came close to scoring 20 runs? Darling Montoya? No. Tito <laughs> Gaston. Tito Gaston. Was it Tito Gaston? Nope. Although that would have been an accurate idea because he was plenty of games with the Rays when he was in the uh, Angry Bird Angry Bird version of uh, Co Gaston managing. <laughs> he Ooh. sits in our announce booth. He got fired two days before it. Buckaroo. <laughs> hey, really? Question: Who's the guy that's? I don't know if you guys are watching the game right now, or if you guys get it on Sportsnet the same as as and and I do. The the new announcer for the Jays is so bad. It sounds like he had a contract to do the remaining Leafs games. And because the Leafs got ousted, they were like, well, we got another redo. Can you do baseball? And he was like, I absolutely cannot do baseball. And they were like, all boys and either love or hate him. It's a very divided line. Are you talking about the one on the radio? Not not on the radio. He might be the guy from the radio. It's a gentleman that's with Buck tonight. I forget his name, but he does 90% of his broadcaster hockey. Matt Devlin? Yes, it's Devlin. <laughs> so, uh, no, he's the he's the Raptors guy. He's the Raptors. Oh, that's what it was. That's right. It's Brad. Brad. I knew it was a whole other sport full time though. That's Brad. He's 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 like, yeah, the pitch. Oh, it is a curveball. And you're like, whoa, calm down. <laughs> Regular curveball that the guy swung and missed that. Like, calm down. All right. Yeah. No, he's uh, he he works with um, what's that guy, Jack? Yeah, Jack on the on the Raptors. Shows. Well, that must that must just make your ears dance with the two of them talking. Yeah, well, it just reminds me of uh, that old Simpsons episode where I guess soccer was coming to Springfield, and then you had Kent Brockman, the news reporter, is like yeah, halfback past the center, back to halfback, and then you had the, the the I guess the Spanish or Mexican or whatever. Like he was like back to center, back to center, and all that sort of thing. You, yep. you could tell the enthusiasm of it. So. I think baseball is more of a longer game. You're not gonna, you don't need to go to high levels that quickly over a curveball. It's also tough though because we have Dan Shulman most of the time, and he's probably the best oh. in the game, right? Where is so spoiled? How come? How come he's not? Uh, For some today? reason, this has happened the last two Tampa series at the Trop over oh. the last few years, and I'm assuming it's to schedule because you have somebody. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe Devlin lives down in Florida or something. Yeah. Doesn't he yeah. do? Doesn't Shulman do um, a bunch of MLB games that aren't Jays games? Does he? He's no longer. He, he did. He was on ESPN. Yeah. On, uh, Sunday Night Baseball. And I yeah. feel but, like um, he this... might be doing some stuff for the Mariners right now too. 
Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, I know that. No, I, I think he, he said he wanted to just be the Jays broadcast okay. this year. He does he quit. He still ESPN. does like N- NCAA basketball for ESPN and gotcha. stuff like that. Gotcha, but, gotcha, um, gotcha. He's amazing. Well, we're, awesome. we're spoiled. That's the problem. We're so spoiled with him that uh, you know, somebody else takes his seat where yeah. we're like, what? Yeah. It's, well, then you have Buck and Joe Siddle as always the other guys that come in too. And even to that point, I don't know about you guys watching the post-game shows, but Jamie Campbell and, Jos- and Caleb Joseph, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's perfect. I, and I'm not just saying that because of how we end this show because of Cal, Caleb Joseph with the two claps of the Rick Flair. <laughs> I've met Jamie a couple of times. He's a really, really, really solid dude. Like, oh, he, yeah. he, with a, he doesn't know me from Adam and he'd always talk and you know, he'd be like, oh, you know, I worked at the Team 1040 in Vancouver. He's like, oh, yeah, I need Ray Mop, right? You know, name off a couple of names. He'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just a great dude, you know, all the way around. Yeah. Thank I you. love how he, uh, he auctions off his uh, scorecards after series in Toronto. Um, oh, right. they, 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 he, he always posted on Twitter. Yeah, he's like, and I think the money goes to, like, didn't he have cancer? It goes to some great charity. You think he's awesome? Yeah. Wow. It's little things. Yeah, little things. All worth it. Well, no, we're very lucky. We have, we have a great broadcast team. Yeah. And uh, that's saying something because, you know, people got on Pat Tabler, but there was. There's always so many Tron with uh, with Pat Tabler too at that point. I like him. So, but to that point, anyways. So, obviously, we had the route that was the last game, and the Blue Jays are on the board now, three to one. Um, I, I think the biggest thing that over the last week, the um, Blue Jays, it was, uh, it was, they forgot to do all the things that were making them good. And it was not playing the small ball. Um, not playing fundamental baseball and committing errors, just dropping little things and all those little pieces add up. And funny enough, that's like, maybe we hacked the Rays a little bit because that's exactly what the Rays did wrong all game last. <laughs> so um, maybe we shifted some of that, you know, bad juju or whatever you want to talk to toward the Rays. And I hope they did. <laughs> yeah. Because we that off our back. Um, but to that point, the Rays are, um, they're well, like well, six and eight in the right, last. But- the Rays are like six and eight in their last fourteen. I think I saw it today. Hmm. So, hey, maybe the tide's turning. And to that point, that I, I still it always amazes me. And this is where I quote my uh, former co-host Brandon Panikar and his uh, awesome mantra here: "You can't outraise the Rays, <laughs> and you o- and they always find a way to win." And I don't know if you guys have noticed that's the one glaring difference between their offense this year. They have guys that are actually hitting the damn ball wall. Yeah, and that was the piece that they were always missing. It was okay. They're going to beat you with their legs. They're going to slap the ball to where they need to to get a couple of runs in, and they're just going to find a way to pile it on when they can. But they never had, you know. I got to think reach back to like Carlos Pena, where they guy had a guy that was a consistent thirty home run threat. Because um, even if you want to look at like his teammates, the Carl Crawfords, and, um, some of the guys that have been through there, are like you know Joey Wendell didn't hit thirty home runs while he was in you know Tampa Bay. You know, it's just. All these things, and now you have three real big power threats in the middle of that lineup. And I just shut my damn mouth about the sport. <laughs> um, but to that point, uh, they have a power threat in that mid core of that line. And it really would not shock me come September. You know, we're looking at this lineup, and they got a bunch of guys that are been, you know, around 280 and have a bunch of 20 home run guys. Yeah. That's difference in the world. So. I mean, I think we, I think we kicked this, this around pretty good at the start of the, the season. We were talking about this. I mean, they are such an athletic team. 
And until they start to lose some players and, you know, to injury or whatever, and they will, I mean, nobody gets through the, the MLB season unscathed. I don't think you'll yeah. see too much of a drop-off. I mean, there's a little drop-off right now. Um, they're probably tired after running the table, you know, for as long as they did that. And, you know, one of the things I noticed, you know, even watching a little bit tonight is they, they normally the Rays are, you know, like they just seem like they're so into it. So, you know, they're, they're just like Randy Rosarito's running around like a crazy person with his wig flying and everything. And they just don't seem to be as devil ray as they normally are right now like i i feel like like this is a perfect opportunity if the jays lose this game today i feel like it's nothing but the jays fault the the uh, rays aren't getting great pitching tonight you know they got their first hit i think bichette and vladdy both got hits like they need to take this one down and they need to move on to milwaukee or sorry to to minnesota and and get some momentum rolling forwards um because like I said, the Rays are tired right now. And if they can beat you when they're tired, just think about when they're funky fresh, you know, in a couple of months and they've had some time to rest. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of funky fresh. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everybody, and this is part of the Blue Jays' downfall over the last week, the Baltimore Orioles, everybody needs to get a damn clue that they are 100% the team that they are currently playing. Yeah. And will they be this good the whole season? Maybe not, but they're definitely a giant threat to every team in the American League this season. And I still think it's hilarious. As we all said this collectively on the podcast when we were looking at the professionals' um, you know, preseason predictions of a sub-500 level Baltimore Orioles team. And I'm like, what decade are you looking at? <laughs> it just didn't make any damn sense. We ran into that blitzkrieg that was the Baltimore Orioles this past week, and they found ways to win every one of those games, and they made us yeah. look pretty silly in certain of those games. And I mostly point Cedric Mullins, and that was the game Cedric Mullins Went more or off. less couldn't get out. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, like the Orioles were just really on fire. Like it seems like uh, I know we were at the game this past Sunday, and you know, unfortunately, you know, Garcia gave up five runs in the top of the eleventh or whatever. But uh, or the Orioles, I, I, I find like almost every team in the AL East we seem to be having trouble with over the last few games, right? And I'm like, well, aren't these the guys we're probably going to be playing for, playing against anyway? So it's like, we seem to be doing okay against, against almost everyone else. But for some reason, the Yankees, the Orioles, and the Rays, for some reason, we are have a lot of trouble 
getting past. I think a lot of that's that skill level that's on all those teams because this is clearly the best division in baseball. Like it clearly sounds to me. (laughs) I mean, you know, one of the things as well, Kenny, to keep in mind is that as this schedule goes on, when we get into sort of the meat, the good parts of the schedule, we don't have to come up against these bulls. We've got big stances where we don't have Yankees. We don't have Orioles. We don't have Rays. We don't have. After this month, we actually don't see any of those teams, I believe, until September. Yeah. And I mean, maybe you've got the Mariners and a few other teams that are are quite hot right now. uh, I mean, again, it could be a really good time for the Jays to hunt. Um, And I wanted to make a point on this before we go away from the Orioles. But so James McCann, the catcher for the Orioles, um, his stats say that he is 6'3", 235. Those couldn't be more wrong I don't know if you guys noticed, but when he's on his knees, he is equally as tall as George Springer is standing. So he's, I mean, he's possibly the biggest man, and he's so huge back there. But <laughs> I will say this, if they keep him, because Rutschman's hurt, isn't he? Um, I think he's been squeaking into some DH spots. Okay. Rutschman is their so, everyday catcher. Yeah, so McCann, I noticed this when he was catching it, and this is something to keep your eye on, is... Um, he is constantly arguing with the umpire. Constantly. Never stops. He always says something that's good call, bad call, indifferent. And when you have a young team like the Orioles are right now, that can really come and bite them in the ass two months from now when they just won't shut their mouths and they they may end up getting a couple calls go the other way on them and just, you know, just something to keep, keep your eye on. Ah, damn it, they scored again. Yeah. <laughs> there is that key word. <laughs> that bullpen in Baltimore. That bullpen in Baltimore is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Where do they find? Where do they find these guys? That yeah. kid, that kid Cano, he's just been amazing. And uh, they got this Brian want- Baker who throws wonders from the Jays. They got uh, Bautista. Obviously, that's a, that's a great thing. If yeah. you want a fun Major League Baseball feel good story, look up that story on Cano and how he defected from Cuba and all the shit that he went through before he even defected. Yeah, it, he was literally. I don't remember what he said, but he said he wanted to go play for some national team or something in another country, but it was still representing Cuba. And he literally got blacklisted and was not allowed to play baseball in Cuba. Like they were literally like not allowing him to even go on like high school fields and stuff like that. It was, it's, it's like level of insanity is stupid. And I'm just glad that, that you talk about major league baseball success stories. That's a perfect one there. Um, so. I was bummed. The editor of uh, the editor of Jay's Journal, Eric Truden, picked that guy up for our fantasy baseball league, and I was just about to pick him up. <laughs> Son of a <laughs> so. All right. So in the midst, of, like I said, we had the uh, we we saw Pulse last night. So like I said, we'll wrap this up with eventually that. But um, the I want to have a quick moment about some of the toxicity levels of things going the way it is. This is still a, a winning team. Everybody keeps forgetting this and i think that's some of the things that have happened in blue jays fandom over the last few years and just shows how jaded blue jays fans have gotten a little bit this is still a great ball club but yeah i think you know you you get a 92 win season and you still won't make the playoffs i get it <laughs> there's some things that i can see are pouring on that fire but i we've been hearing all these things that hurry up and trade boba shet was literally an article i saw uh last night it's like i don't know what you're drinking smoking any of the above they're not trading Boba Shet. Sixteen him to a, a crazy extension at a good amount of money. That's still in very good ballparks for the Toronto Blue Jays that has some very good flexibility over the years. And not to mention, he's one of the best hitters in baseball right now. 
you have to be a sub. We got to be doing what the Chicago White Sox before are doing before you have that conversation. Um, then we have things going on with say people should fire John Schneider already and just moved on madly into the manager's seat. Guys, I I get where some of these fans are going coming from a little bit, but it's a grain of salt thing to me. I don't even. I'm not even. I'm not batting down the hatches. I'm, you know, I'm not freaking out. Um, this team is too good to fail completely. This is a long season. We're in May. Yeah. I mean, if if this was if if our record was maybe the, like the Chicago White Sox, maybe because get that's rid a of different Schneider. situation. That's a different situation. But you know, like like Jason says, I think we all say we're playing competitive baseball. We're not getting blown out. We're very. It's very few and far between. And uh, Schneider's doing, it, I think, a really decent job so far, right? I think once we get, all, once we all get clicking on all the all the cylinders, I think definitely my my pick. I believe during that uh, during the preseason, where I said my pick is ninety five wins. That's what I'm thinking we're going to hit this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. They'd be uh, leading the uh, AL Central um, with yeah. their record today. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, hurry up and fire everybody and trade everything. Yeah, no, I think some of the angst might come from the fact that they have a losing record against the AL East and every other team in the AL East has a 500 or better record. Yeah. And the, the the point there is um, last year we had 19 games head-to-head against everyone in the division. And this year it's a balanced schedule and you only get 13 games head-to-head. And to Jason's point, we're not going to see the Yankees again until late September. Um, so those division games head-to-head mean a little bit more this year, I think. Um, they're They're... You know, you, there's less room head to head to make up space with only 13 games. So we got to beat up on the the worst teams in the league. And you know, there's some really bad teams this year, like Kansas City, Oakland. Um, you know, you you got to crush those teams when you get the chance. But um, yeah. you know, it's it, it, it's tough when um, you're not beating your division rivals because it, it you know, and and the Jays are sort of the patsy of the AL East right now in terms of the other teams all winning uh, more. Every other team has a 500 record or better against the Hillies. Yeah. Meanwhile, I think we have a collective six wins after last night against six the American and thirteen. Yeah. yeah, six and thirteen. But those that difference there is why everyone else has got a positive, you know, a winning percentage. Well, it reminds me of like high school. Remember, you'd have like your your math and science, which you may be struggling with, but then you'll take like drama or you take like a parenting class just to bump your average up, right? So, yeah, I'm looking forward to actually finding some games where finding some series where we can just. You know, like you said, almost be like batting practice and pitching practice. Yeah, the grades. Buff <laughs> up our stats just to really get ready and then really z- zone in when we do play our rivals. And oh, sorry, when's the next time we're playing them? September? Yeah. We, yeah. Holy crap. So the, the Jays finished their season this year with 15 straight against AL East opponents. Three against Boston, Ooh. six against New York, and six against Tampa. Yeah. So that Bond, what? final... T- Final two weeks of the season is going to be. We should almost do a show every two days for that one. We could call. <laughs> Very well, I think we are. Yeah, I hope you guys are ready for the job and join. <laughs> yeah, but but back back to the point about being able to beat up on the easy teams. The Jays don't play a team with a losing record until June twenty third. They host Oakland um, that week, and up until then, they're they're playing, you know, the Twins, the Astros, um, the, the the Rays this week. Um, yeah. No, that it's a it's a tough schedule. There, I think their strength of schedule is the toughest thing in baseball right now. At like a five twenty one winning percentage for their opponents, um, yeah. so it's 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 not easy sledding here. No, but to that point, we're gonna have to. 
there's plenty of good reasons to be very excited about this team. And I think we saw the one thing that can really be the giant catalyst for this team last night leading the way. And as we are yet to see George Springer go off on a cliff and just run with this team. This team goes off when George Springer is good at the top of this lineup. And we're finally seeing him healthy after some of the illness issues that were plaguing this locker room, period, not just him, um, to that point where we're hopefully going to start seeing that. We have not seen what Dalton Varsho even did previously in Arizona. There's all these pieces that haven't really just clicked yet. You know, like we saw, we're finally getting the uh, rough outing from Yusei Kikuchi this evening, and you saw what we could get from Jose Barrios against a really good lineup last night. There's all these weird dynamics and just to you know, steal from uh, Ken's grade sheet here, the drama <laughs> that has been going around everything at this point. Um, I think those there's, some, there's plenty of these good things that are going to fall into place, regardless of, like I said, when everybody's got their pickaxes ready and their tor- torches. I, it's not gloom and doom here. There's actually a ton to look forward to when this team can do what they did last night. And I think there's going to be more of that this season then there is going to be what we just experienced this past week. And just to say it, guys, we're lucky this was a five-game winning or five-game losing streak because they played some damn bad baseball. <laughs> games, kicking the ball around, not communicating. As Charlie mentioned, not moving base runners over. It could have been a lot worse than a five-game losing streak. Yeah. If, if I can uh, mention one thing, last year on this day, May 24th, the Jays had the worst betting average in Major League Baseball with runners in scoring position. They went on after today, last year, to have the best betting average with runners in scoring position through late August. And they did really well in September as well. So something, I don't know, maybe, maybe the weather, maybe the weather needs to warm up a little bit more. I mean, mostly the same team, right? So yeah. that, that's hopefully a reconnaissance report on, on what happens when it warms up. And you would think yeah. that'd be still pretty damn telling as far as the you know timing of the year and all that kind of stuff when you consider that this lineup is 80% the same. Yeah. So yeah. better balance and, and all that, right? Yeah, Correct. but I also wonder, though, is that if it's also because it's a, it's a Toronto thing where I, I, any, any sport you play, whether the Leafs win the first game of the season or the Raptors win the first game of the season, there are people that are saying, yep, we're going all the way this year. I'm like, all right, guys. Cool, you're just. I don't like the critics giving my team's credit. It just screwed me this year with football with my Buffalo Bills, too. Just saying. <laughs> hey, I will spin this. And, and sorry, I got to get mobile here because I forgot my uh, forgot my power cord upstairs, so I may go black on you. <laughs> I, yeah, no I have figured okay, out that sporting fans are some of the most narrow-minded, unexpressive people you can possibly deal with. As soon as something happens, any kind of turn in the a fly in the ointment. They turn so quickly on it. The- there he goes. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we'd have as passionate of people and all the rest. Of it. Yeah, hundred percent, bud. But to that point, I have felt like I've been watching my Buffalo Bills in the mid nineties over the last week, watching the Blue Jays over the last six games. <laughs> so, um, just wow. saying. <laughs> well, it's the fact that they were in those games and then they found a way to choke. That's what kind of hit a little too close to home for yeah. me. It was raising the failure to the art form level was is my personal gr- and some of it lately. But to that point, like I said, they 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 were playing too well before then. I I really think that was the Toronto Blue Jays actual team. Some things slacked over the last week, and you God knows what the alpha variable was that led that direction. But 
there's good baseball coming. And to your point, even when we were at our worst over this past week, we were still in most of those ball games. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to look at this year as um, World Series or bust almost. It's a 30-year anniversary of the last World Series championship. There's a $256 million luxury tax payroll, which is top five in Major League Baseball. They made some big moves in the offseason to, um, to improve this club. Um, you know, they've committed to John Schneider as their manager. They brought in Don Mattingly. I mean, they, you know, since, um, I mean, I, I don't want to say hashtag World Series or bust, but I'm saying hashtag World Series or bust. I mean, it's, um, there's some high expectations. There's some high expectations here. Sounds like you're saying hashtag World Series or bust. I am saying that. I know. There's some expectations here. And and Jays fans are, we haven't had a championship in 30 years. You know, that's, yeah. It's it's not as bad as Leafs fans, but it's it's painful. Or Canucks fans, and, yeah. Or, or Canucks fans, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I tend to agree with you where the team has been trending. This is not a uh, sorry. You got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. Is good enough anymore? <laughs> that that next step has to be there. And uh, to that point, the reason I'm in love with John Schneider still, and regardless of what's been going on over the last week, I still think he's the right man for the job. Um, yeah. Is this we've been good? How do we get to great? still the mantra that rings true in this team and you can see with how frustrated they were over the last week that that is still holding near and dear to their hearts it's not oh no we had a bad week shit's over with better go home it was you could see them still actively pushing each other and even late in some of those games i forget which game it was they were down seven to one and they still found a way to score three runs in the last inning was that the monday night game against the rays yeah yeah so teams that are on the fences and aren't talented and don't want to be there don't do that so there's a, the drive is there and this is going to happen and I like I said if, if something gets in our way it's going to be because these other four teams in the American League East are ridiculous at the moment yeah, yeah. so that's our roadblock but it, it, it's also nice to be able to clean up some of this stuff in May right like Schneider going out and pulling good point you know, talking to Manila um, like he's not going to make that mistake in September. He's probably never going to make that mistake again in his life, right? <laughs> Learn his lesson. Um, and, <laughs> and, and, you know, tipping pitches or location. I mean, that sort of stuff. They, they, as Schneider's, we got to clean it up. And yeah. it's better to be cleaning up now in May than, than in September. 100%. You know? and then and especially when you got 15, 15 yeah. games at the end of the season against the Yankees and the Rays and the Sox, right? And just to make this joke, you know, we'll make sure you point out every sticky substance that the Yankees have on their uniforms and then you're good. At what? So, hey, am I wrong in saying that another guy from the Yankees had to go wash his hands and then come back? Day home? after he left Toronto. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's starting Clark to get... Schmidt. Oh, wow. Looking, Major League Baseball should be literally, in my personal opinion, if they aren't watching the Yankees like a damn hawk, they should already be suspending Aaron Boone for 10 games as a Senate point. How many you know, times this is this happening been... in your watch? Clearly, you must be encouraging it on some level. <laughs> and how many out. times has he been tossed this year? Has he been tossed five times or six times? It's the magician thing. Look over here while yeah. this is happening. It's <laughs> unbelievable to me. And, and I mean, it, the, it's not and the Yankees, size. this is this is so Yankees. It, like, they they just don't care. Oh, we're going to put a luxury tax on you. Go ahead. We've got. I can <laughs> I can put my hand down my pocket for days and keep coming out with money. Oh, you get know, that just from one foreign can't. country. Hey, roll the yeah, substance on the bowl. Now nah, we're going to do it anyways. You can't do that. We're going to do it anyways. I mean, it. I'm hoping so very much. And I was reading like the article that I was reading about this was actually an article in the Cincinnati 
paper, you know, in, in contrast to reading it from a Canadian publication or something like that. And they were talking about how the the Yankees are vilifying themselves, not only against all Major League Baseball fans, but starting to extend past that, where like the Yankee, the sales of Yankees hats and products are actually being impacted on a downward, the same oh, way wow. that things like even the Just Astros. think about other players even on the freaking field, too. You yeah. don't think that, you know, you saw when the Blue Jays were playing the Yankees, they were all over them near the end of that series. And it yes. really looks like it's a steep rivals. Yeah, so I agree with you. Heated up. It's a sexy rivalry, right? It's sexy. You got two of the highest payrolls in the league, uh, and there's bad blood. And, you know, Vladdy's comments and and cheating and 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 sign stealing and and Herman. I mean, mean, there's some sexiness to that whole rivalry now, which, you know, you don't get that with the Yankees and the Red Sox anymore. Um, So you're saying we're past the Audi sign at this point. Yeah, well, yeah, it's Mano- a different Audi. Right, Manoa, right? Manoa's another one. He's, he loves that rivalry. Yeah. If that feeds us to go to, if that's what, you know, some, certain things teams need as a catalyst, right? It can be a, a certain player. It could be an event. It could be any and all these other things. If that's what finally takes them to the promised land, he's a lights of fire under their ass, great. <laughs> that was the one thing we talked about preseason baseball, looking at this roster, is what is the igniter to take this team to that greatness level? And I can't say they fully found that yet, because otherwise I feel like they'd be hitting on cylinders a little bit more. I've been looking at with Merrifield as more or less the spark plug at the moment, because he's found ways just to do all sorts of things for this ball club, regardless of where his batting average currently is. He's my my Reed Johnson candidate. Yeah, exactly. He's 300 after last night. Yeah, it was 270-something, I think. It's amazing what happens when you have four hits in the games to your batting average, right? (laughs) So... But anyways, uh, because I know Jason's got, you know, Little League and stuff. Um, guys, what is those things over in that? Oh, no, you are. You're... Okay, well, that's fine. We run five minutes, so great. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to keep Charles stuck in a freaking New York State pit stop. Or... <laughs> There's a Chick-fil-A here. Is it good? I don't even know. I've never right. had Chick-fil-A. Oh, if Not you bad. did you say there was Shake Shack? No, no, Chick-fil-A. There's no Shake Shack in this one. It's Chick-fil-A. In this one. I would drive... I would drive to a Shake Shack. Yeah. I mean, Chick-fil-A is good, but Shake Shack is next level. The next one uh, towards Rochester has a Shake Shack. Maybe I'll just do it. I didn't even know that. You will not be disappointed. <laughs> okay. So, but Thanks. anyways, there you go. You're inside your info right here on Jaybird watching. <laughs> so the um, one thing I want to ask you guys before we get into our picks to click and wrap the show up here. What do you think over the next week? We did see, like I said, George Springer went off and the team went off yesterday. Um, is there something over the next couple of weeks or a person that you think could be that catalyst to this club to take it to the next level? Mm-hmm. Well, Charlie, I'll let you run off with that first. So I, I, I think the most competitive guy on the team is Alfie Miller. Um, I know he's struggled mightily. Um, I know, you know, something seems wrong right um, mm-hmm. and people are questioning is there an injury is there a fitness level is there a you know what there's there's no bite on the slider like he hung that slider to a bunch of guys so far this year that it, you know most people are going to put that ball out if they're good hitters right um but if he went four and oh with a you know two something era over the next four or five starts um i think that would send a pretty strong message to the team our our guys back he's he's our competitive bulldog here you know, we're going to, we're going to fight all as well in um, Blue Jay land. If Alec Manoa is doing well on the mound. 
yeah. <laughs> and, uh, to return. I'm, I'm hoping for the best. You know, I, I'm hoping there's not something wrong. Yeah. I'm, and, and it's probably in his head more than anything, I'm guessing. But um, he is oh. a competitive guy, and um, I, I think he can turn it around personally. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we've been preaching that same mantra as you over the last few weeks. <laughs> so yeah. he's too much yeah. of a bulldog to let it go. Ken, what are you right. thinking? What finally kicks this gear that kicks us into high gear over the next couple of weeks? Oh, yeah. To Charlie's point, we don't have the easiest of competition over the week, but it's not the Tampa Bay Rays and it's not the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, you know what? For me, it could be Merrifield. I don't know. He's been playing really, really well. He's been hitting the ball better. I, I, he's really aggressive when he's on base, which is good. So I'm wondering if just, you know, by showing guys, send me home, send me home. Is he trying to get on base as many times as he can? If that'll help uh, spark up the offense, I think that'll be a great spark for us. Yeah, I think you've seen his uh, his gamer mantra starting to bleed over to some of the other players. Where you know, like his uh, somebody equal of age and George Springer, right? He's been looking like he's trying to be the rookie that he was for the Houston Astros at this point on the base bats, some of those things. So that's a good pick, Ken. I like that, Jason. What are you thinking? Uh, mine. Uh, it's funny you would have mentioned it. Uh, so mine is the the main head of the three-headed Hydra that has been on fire in the last little while, and that is Vladdy, uh, Bo, and the main head being Springer. And if he can keep leading the dragon forwards, I mean, we saw, we've seen it. When he is smiling and when he's having fun, he stirs the whole drink. And I, I love to see him, you know, out there talking. Him and Tiermeyer seem to have a really, really, really good relationship. You know, I know they've battled against each other for a long time, and um, for me, I think the way for the Jays to get through the next couple of weeks is a healthy George Springer playing lead off, making plays in the outfield, and uh, just you know acting like the twelve-year-old kid that he he is. There you go. I'm looking at some bullpen help as far as my catalyst at this piece, and I honestly think the gentleman that was warming up for in the game a few minutes ago is going to actually be a big player in that. I think Big Nate is actually going to show Blue Jays fans over the next two weeks what the hell we've all been looking forward to for what seems like forever at this point. Yeah. I, I yeah, I was drafted, right? He's your best player. He's your ace. He's your next Roy Holiday. That's all the stuff that Blue Jays fans have been, you know, getting pushed by every major league baseball professional <laughs> for so many years. I've, I got to see it early in Buffalo here when he was here in town. I got to see what he's been doing as a Blue Jay now so far. The confidence has finally looked like it's taken over to the talent. And I really think if they get him in some more leverages pieces at this point, which they're starting to toy around with in the right places, it seems like, he could be this part that fixes that whole conversation that we were talking about with trying to get that extra piece to this bullpen, which really just lengthens that whole thing out. So I'm really intrigued to see where that goes over the next few weeks. So... Good call. Like um, so with that time of the evening <laughs> where we do picks the click, guys. Oh, okay. You got your bet sheets ready, Jason. Is that what I'm seeing? You got your homework. <laughs> so for the Blue Jays fans that might be tuning in for their first week, we do this every week, and this is more or less for bragging rights between me, Ken, and Jason and our guest spot. Um, we got the guest sport guests finally got on the board last week, but we didn't have a guest. Last week, so the kick pick carried over as Brandon Belt. Kenny, you had Dan- Dalton Bar Show. Jason, you had Chapman. And then I had Danny Jansen. I so, think you win that team, Craig. Do you think I win? That's pretty saying something because he only had the one, <laughs> a couple of hits. 
Chapman had a really rough week. Varsho had a really rough week. Belt yep. had a really rough week. I'm allowed. I think you win. This is one we don't allow anybody to win. <laughs> no, I think Jano wins. He had a big day yesterday. It's probably a bigger day than both of the both of our guys. Um, so Charlie, uh, you're the unguilty party at this point. Do you agree with these gentlemen, or do you think I should be chalking this up to like an entire loss with a crappy week? Dude. Let's just pitch and sink that week and uh, move forward. As there that. we go. Yo. There it is. We're just going to put a lead. big X right across the score sheet. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, then, that means you are on the hunt seat, my friend, as the guest. We always let the guest spot go first. Who do you All think right. the best player over the next week before we record next Wednesday evening? Who will be the best performing Toronto Blue? Am I allowed to say Vladdy? You are 100% you say allowed you want. to say Vladdy. You can say Kelly Gruber <laughs> if you want to make Kelly Gruber out of his seat, but uh, <laughs> he'll be I'm your only Vlad. fan. I'm going Vlad. I think uh, there was some frustration last night when he bombed that home run. What is it, 458 feet? And, um, you know, your best player is going to be your best player to, and, and to win games. And you see that with the Yankees. Judge has been on fire. Vladdy's got to be our judge. 100%. So, there you go. Jason, I'm going to let you go next because Kenny's got too many wins so far this year. Now, yeah, I know. He's, it's been ridiculous. Um, yeah. So, have I picked Springer yet? You did first week. Dang but it's it. been a bit. <laughs> you don't have to pick. Oh, that's right. Him, I can, it doesn't matter. I can just, pick him whenever I want. It's not consecutive pick. weeks. <laughs> Hold on. I'm, I'm taking, I'm pulling the kitchen here. And miss Jeff an episode. Says, that's the only reason you get a carryover pick. Husband. <laughs> Springer. Gosman Springer. Gosman Springer. Gosman Springer. Gosman Springer. We are going to go with Springer. <laughs> Carter wins. Carter's going to And I would say that's Carter. just a default because it's really hard to pick pitchers and win in this. Yeah. Is what I've thought since we started doing this because it's the almost need. To get over, if everybody else has a good offensive week, you almost need a pitcher that has two good outings in a week to beat a good yeah. offensive outing. That would be the unfortunate catch. Ken, your pick, sir. Have I picked Jansen yet? Negative, sir. Yep, I think he's my pick. He had a there great game know. yesterday, and I think he's won. He's he's been great in the clutch in the last couple of like last few series where he's hit the game winning, uh, you know, hit as well. So I'm, I'm gonna go with uh, Jansen. Yep, he even made the uh, MLB the show this week in baseball cards last week with all his two walk-offs in a week. <laughs> so there you go. Um, and now I got to pick. Uh, mm-hmm. Son of a... I don't even have a clue at this point because right now I've been having such bad luck. I'm, I'm actually honestly afraid to jinx somebody. <laughs> I was going to go with Luke's, but uh, he only had one hit yesterday. To that point, should I just be this guy and picks my hometown guy and Ernie Clement because he's from Rochester? Yeah, Ernie. Yeah, go. Got to start. And to that point, it was well-deserved. We seeing he batted uh, 328 in Buffalo, and he has been a sight to watch for the Buffalo Bisons. And um, I couldn't say greater things about a guy here from Rochester, New York. Um, we don't see too many of them make it. He goes, you know, trying to just like Canadians trying to play baseball, you know, playing inside all half of the year and playing outside half the year. Does it exactly translate as well as to, you know, all those wonderful people out of Dominican and Latin America and Florida and Arizona, <laughs> all these people. So it just doesn't play out as well. But um, seeing I can't think he can get any worse, and he can only go up a little bit. And there's been a pulse to name our uh, show here. I'm going to I'm going to go with Dalton Bar show. I, I really think there's it's just a matter of time. 
And I'm going to just back up the uh, mantra that I said earlier that oh, yeah. I think the best baseball we're going to get from him is to come. So, yeah, yeah. we'll see what happens. But to that point, that is the show, gentlemen. This is the point where we ask last minute topics. Anything anybody wants to throw against the wall here and see if it sticks? I just wanted to mention one thing. Um, sure. Our uh, Arlen Valley Little League majors teams were in a uh, baseball uh, um, uh, tournament this weekend um, in Langley, BC. It's the white the Mike Whitney um, uh, Memorial Tournament. And I wanted to send big shout out to Langley Base Little League Baseball, put on an amazing tournament. Um, we got to see some great kids from Wally, from Little Mountain, who went to the Little League World Series last year. And so all, you know, there was eight teams involved. And lo and behold, the two teams from Lynn Valley ended up in the final against each other. And so, you know, we were just going to Rochambeau for it, but we played anyways. And so... <laughs> Um, which felt like baseball really won, but big shouts out to all of those little league associations. It's, it's a big ramp up right now, you know, as the little league world series is, is a couple of months away and everybody's getting geared up for regionals and, and nationals and all that other stuff. So just, you know, it's, it's tough to pull off a tourney like that. Especially so close to, to, you know, your all-star season starting. So, uh, kudos to them and, uh, a lot of fun. Thanks to Chris, uh, Chris Randall and Jamie and all the other guys that coached with me this weekend. It was fun. Good deal. Good all right. So, Charlie, this is now the shameless self-promoting segment for our guests. So you are more than welcome to get your two cents in on anything you would like. Tell all the Blue Jays fans where to find your stuff on jaysjournal.com, what you're working on, any of that kind of good stuff. Other than the road trip, you're clearly on. Yeah, no, I'm... I'm uh... I'm looking for dinner right now. Chick fil A or Shake Check. I think I'm going to take the Shake Check advice. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I, I'm going to throw out a name here that um, I would love to see the BJ supplier in the next month and a half. Uh, Liam Hendricks, former Blue Jay. Hmm. He was on a great 2015 ALCS team, um, recovering from cancer. He rang the bell. He's at the hospital. He's rehabbing. Um, you know, he's at, I think he's married to a a gal from Toronto, um, you know, he's in the last year of his contract in Chicago and Chicago is not going anywhere. So, um, I want to throw that name out here. We talked about Araldus Chapman, um, on Kansas city throwing smoke. Um, he's 35. He's on a one year deal for 3.75 million, but Liam's going to be a bit more expensive, but, um, I think worth that it. would be, uh, I think that'd be worth it. And, um, you know, I, I think it would also maybe, um, you know, you need that sort of special sauce in a championship season. You need some, you need some, there's got to be something. And uh, I think having him back might be something to, to sort of inspire the team forward. Not so, to mention uh, a little bit of closure for a team that should have been in the World Series in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> and you know who he was traded for? I forget, but it was not the most eventful thing, if I recall. <laughs> the guy, I'll give you a hint. The guy's still in the major leagues. And I think he's with Atlanta. Oh God! So he was with Anthopolis. No, yeah, no. He, he pitched for the Jays. He's currently with Atlanta. Liam Hendricks was traded for him after the 2015 season. Oh, wasn't Jesse Chavez? Was after I made that horrible joke earlier? <laughs> oh, it was Jesse Chavez. That was a terrible trade. <laughs> that was um. It wasn't. That was Tony Lacava. Remember, he was the interim GM after the 2015 season. He was yeah. trying to fix up the starting rotation and he signed Pap and um, I think he brought Estrada back or something. Or, I can't remember exactly how it worked, but he traded for Chavez thinking that was going to be a rotation piece. And, oops. Yeah, oops. Um, he figured it out but, eventually, but as a bullpen piece. 
<laughs> no, but I'd, I'd love to see them close that circle on Liam Hendricks. Yeah, that would be very fun to watch for Blue Jays fans, too, and many and multitude of reasons to what you just laid out. But uh, don't forget to tell the Blue Jays fans where to find your work. <laughs> oh, jaystarl.com, Charles Kahn. There you go. So, Thanks, no problem. We'll have to have that again some other time along with all of our other friends at Jays Journal, obviously. I got to think of some fun night where we can get a bunch of us together and just make fun. <laughs> So we did one a couple of years ago. I got all the writers against the podcasters to do a guess that Blue Jay night. We needed yes. something stupid like that. Man. Man. When, yeah. When can we get you guys up and buy the twenty dollar outfield seats and uh, have a party in the outfield? Yeah, I'm looking for those days that I can do that. But last I heard, most of the weekend games are sold out, and I don't have any vacation time left for work because I was so sick this weekend or this winter. Oh boy! So like that, I'm going to be out there time. this summer for sure at some point. Um, Probably in the late part of the summer, but uh, I kind of, you know, I'd like to get out, um, see a Jays game there. Uh, and I wouldn't mind. Um, the boys and I are trying to do every major league stadium before they hit 18. So it'd be fun to do the Jays, maybe oh, get cool. the two mm-hmm. New Yorks and, and Boston in and then fly back. Who knows? That'd be go. great. I've already been to two games this season. So that's the way most that I've ever been to in a, in a long go, time. Buddy. Actually, so there you go. Did you send the outfield, Ken? Sorry. Did you sit in the outfield? No, I think we're in the 200 level, uh, near the uh, near first base. So, so, but you did? Did you explore the new areas? I guess is the better question. This time we did, and we did the running of the bases. They, they tackled me; they wouldn't let me run the bases. It was only my kids who could do it. So you didn't get away with just telling me you're a big kid. And you, yeah, I'm just going to shave my mustache here next time and, and run on my knees and see if that works. Good deal. All right, gentlemen, before we do our sign off here with the two claps and Rick Flair, thank you again, Blue Jays fans are listening and make sure you join us in live every week on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube is probably the best place for you to reach us during the chat here and make sure you join the chat. We saw plenty of people come in this evening and poking their head in and, you know, going, hey, what's up, but not saying anything. <laughs> so come and join the barroom chat that is Jaybird watching part of fansided.com the official Jays podcast of jaysjournal.com. That is us. Make sure you also listen in when you don't find us live to wherever you can get your podcasting pleasures from, which is pretty much anywhere you can find us at this point. I found out we're on Amazon Music now all of a sudden. So we're perfect. <laughs> moving we're on. Moving up. So yep. yeah, exactly. So thanks again, Blue Jays fans. Don't worry. Good things are happening. This team is good. It's going to get better. Five losses is only so bad. <laughs> so. But on that note, guys, we'll do a one, two, three and get out of here. One, two, three. Let's go, Blue Jays. Kelly Gruber. Thank you for listening to the Jaybird Watching Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, at BirdWatchingGC, and our YouTube channel. If you want to support the show and get extra content, please consider joining us to our Patreon at patreon.com slash birdwatchinggc. Go Jays, go. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.